Welcome to the Save the Date Wedding Podcast with your host, Alicia McCormack. Alicia will keep you on budget and on track so you can plan your big date without the big price tag. Correct. That is me. I'm Alicia McCormack hosting today. Hosting always, really. There's no other host. This is me. This is what you get. Last week's bonus Q&A episode was so well received, I thought we'd do it again because I have more questions. You've probably heard me mentioning and asking for ratings and reviews on iTunes because, gee whiz, it helps get me out there. And I just wanted to take a quick, quick, quick second to thank some of the people that have left reviews because it's quite nice. I mean, I've had reviews as a comedian before, which is brutal. You know, you go to the paper the next day when you're doing a comedy festival and you just sort of wince looking. I've had, you know, two to five stars each time. And each time you're going, hey, but that was funny. Or I didn't mean it that way. But when you're reading iTunes reviews, you know, they're mostly good, which is nice. (laughs) So here's one. This is from Sally's 1987. She says, I'm assuming Sally's is a girl. I'm excited for more episodes of this great podcast. It's refreshing to hear a different and honest perspective on wedding planning. Hopefully it will calm my stress. Oh, Sally's 1987, please. Take some deep yoga breaths and just enjoy yourself or listen to more of this podcast and hopefully it will relax you. This one is from Iggyanti. Iggyanti. They say, a breath of fresh air amongst wedding planning podcasts, great content tips and jokes in capital letters. Well, I try. Right, straight to it today with the Q&A. I have received quite a few questions. Thank you so much. I asked and I received. So thank you very much for all the people that have emailed through questions. If I do not get to your question today, I will promise to do more of these segments and get through it. This first email is from Shell and she just says, please don't say where I am. I'm just going to say you're in America. Shell, your secret's safe with me. She says... I have had my heart set on a very expensive dress, which is totally out of my budget. Sister, I think 90% of brides are in the same boat as you, Shell, so please don't fret. She goes on and says, but I have found a similar dress on a replica website, but wonder how close to the original it will look. It's not hugely expensive. Should I just order it and see? Okay. I'm going to tell like it is, Shell. In the first episode of this podcast, the very first episode, I think it was called Who's Alicia and Why Is She Talking About Weddings? I spoke about my ill-fated first engagement and it came to an end. It was, we don't need to go over it again. Let's just say it didn't happen. But in that stage, I was in my sort of mid-20s. I was completely broke and uh, I did order one of these dresses Let's be honest with you. It was not good. It came from China. It didn't look anything like it was supposed to be. And afterwards, I felt really guilty because I sort of I started to think about who was making this dress and where it was coming from and what materials were being used. Was it made by children? Probably. That's awful to say, but you know, was it a sweatshop dress? I have no idea. And no judgment to people that go out and buy these dresses from websites. But you need to go in with the idea that if you are being promised a, a Maggie Soretto dress or something gorgeous like that for the price of $127 with free postage, you cannot expect for it to look like a Maggie Soretto gown. Also, to get a bit legal on you as well, you know, replicating designs is against copyright laws and counterfeit goods are illegal in most countries. So if you are planning to buy one of these and take a risk, then you must be prepared for it to be impounded by customs. So be warned. Now, saying that, 
But Shell, I want you to forget about China rip-off crappy dresses now because you deserve more than wearing some replica gown made of weird faux silk made by five-year-olds. So I'm going to give you some better options, much better options, where you can get that dress that you wanted for a much cheaper price. Now, have you considered buying the dress secondhand. And I don't mean going to some sort of charity shop or op shop, which again, you can find amazing bargains. And I've got a whole episode coming up about how to find a dress without having to pay lots of money. This is like a little sneak peek. I'm giving away now. So listen, when you think about wedding dresses, most times they've only been worn for six to eight hours. That's crazy. That's one dress that's worn for one day. Many brides will then after the wedding day, have it dry cleaned and then pop it in the cupboard never to see it again, and promise that perhaps their daughter will wear it. No, they won't. How many of you are actually going to wear your mother's wedding gowns? Unless your mother was a sassy broad from the 60s and she had some gorgeous shift dress, no one's really going to wear the dress that their mum wore in the 70s with awful bouffants and puffy sleeves. And if you have and you've got the money and the time to get it all fixed up, again, contact me. I want to see it. But I think a majority of women love the idea that their daughter will wear their dress. But also when you think about the reality of it, you go, I want to wear my own dress. I want to go dress shopping. I don't want you to dictate I'm going to wear your dress. I'm doing it myself. For budget brides and savvy brides out there, if you do not want to keep the dress, if you don't see the point in keeping the dress, which to be honest, I don't really see the point in keeping the dress if it's a big froofy dress that you're never going to wear again. Here's the thing. You could pop it on a website like preownedweddingdresses.com or oncewed.com or stillwhite.com. I will add these to the show notes. Don't worry. And you can not only make money back, you can also sell your wedding dress to someone who wants to wear exactly the same wedding dress and make a bit of money back from it. So here's the trick. Say you have a thousand bucks or pounds to spend on your wedding dress. Lucky you. That's quite a lot of money. But your dream wedding dress is $3,000 or pounds. What you can do is head to one of these websites and find someone that has bought exactly the same dress, who has had it dry cleaned, and make them an offer. Like buying anything online, you need to do your research, make sure the seller is giving you all the information that they have available, such as photographs, if there are any stains or scuffs or marks, if they have had the dress altered beforehand... Has it been altered in a way that can be undone? Many dressmakers will, if they're tacking up um, hems or they're pulling in waistlines, many dressmakers will be very clever with that and not cut the material. So then you can unpick it and put it all back together again. So make sure if you are using these websites, do your research. Don't take everything at face value, but you can get some fantastic deals. And no one will know that your dress is secondhand. Who gives a rat's, to be honest? So, Shell, I really encourage you, before you put the order in to do your cheapo China rip-off, you know, wedding dress, again, if you want to do it, have a crack. But also spend some time on these websites and try and find that beautiful dream gown that you have your heart set on. Because I think if it's a popular designer brand, you will find them. You will. I have faith. Let me know how you go, please. I am revisiting a question from last week that actually was, it really stumped me. Melanie says, my best friend is getting married. Well, congratulations, Melanie's best friend. She hates her engagement. Oh my God. She hates her engagement ring. 
Is it kosher for her to get it remodeled when they pick the wedding rings? I said no. <laughs> So I promised I wouldn't let this one go and I had Cat Williams from Rock and Roll Bride, the Rock and Roll Bride, on the show recently and I said to her, hey, here's a question, can you answer it? Well, <laughs> you have to have that discussion with your other half, you can't just do it in secret. <laughs> um, I don't know, man, that's awkward. I had a so friend, again, they're not really our friends anymore, you might be seeing a recurring pattern. <laughs> um but they got engaged and she didn't like the ring and she went and got it like coated in a different metal. But I think he was okay with it. I think I should just have to discuss it. Yeah. It's yeah. an honesty factor, isn't it? Yeah. And I, you know, my answer to it originally was saying maybe, you know, there should have been a pre-discussion or maybe when she got the ring, she should have been honest and just gone, I love you, but this is not my <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess when you're getting proposed to, you don't really want to be like, yeah. Hey. Yeah, the ring's horrible though, man. I hate it. Yeah. Good. Well, the Melanie saga will continue. Yeah. And it will, because I'm still not satisfied with the answers that we have for you, Melanie, and your so-called friend. Final question for today is my favourite ever question I've received so far. I know this podcast's only been around for three weeks, but this one takes the cake. I know I'm not supposed to admit that, but it is. Wait till you hear it. It's... Just delightful. This one comes from Layla. She's from Wollongong in Australia. Hello, Layla. Thank you so much for listening in the gong. Now, Layla says, My best friend is very business-minded, and I love that about her, but she's insisting on throwing me a Tupperware kitchen tea. I think she's using my wedding to make money, and I don't know how to ask her about that. Okay. (laughs) Now, when I read this, I had to go and Google if other cultures or other countries have a kitchen tea and just to explain if you've never heard that expression it's a very Australian expression that really reminds me of Kath and Kim you shower tea that's how they say on the occasion of your shower tea I'm going to go on the record and say that the kitchen tea is probably not maintaining uh, the feminist principles of 2014 but basically what it is is a bridal shower tea or a kitchen tea is when guests come along usually women in an, have an afternoon tea and a lot of the old ladies tend to come along that wouldn't go to the hen's night, for example, wouldn't get off their off their norgs at the hen's night. They come along and give the bride kitchen-related gifts. They're often not hugely expensive and they play silly little party games. So from my understanding of the question, Layla, your friend is offering to host the kitchen tea, the, the bridal tea, and also she seems to be maybe a representative of Tupperware. She might have an account, I'm guessing, and wants to make some money out of it, you're saying. And that's what Tupperware people do. That's the foundation of the business. They get people along to parties and events and try and make sales and more connections. I've only ever been to one Tupperware party in my whole life, and I do remember the host bringing along games and also little Tupperware freebie things that they give away to encourage you then to spend more money. I remember I got a watermelon scoop having never used that before, and also a little pillbox because we're from 1843. Keep my pills in the pillbox, got to take that along with me. I wonder if Tupperware make iPhone covers. I mean, that could be the next step for them, some sort of sealable, waterproof iPhone cover. Anyway, I did some research on the Tupperware website about what to expect if you were to host a party like this. 
And Layla, I think you're correct in feeling a little weird about this because it is a revenue raiser for your friend. No doubt if she's a rep, she's getting some sort of kickback from it. And also it is a sales party. You know, you're inviting people along and I'm sure if your friend's good at Tupperware, she's going to be trying to sell Tupperware. So people will probably feel obliged or pressured to purchase something. And unless you're really in the need for resealable items um, to keep your leftovers in, this may not necessarily be what you want. And I'm guessing your friend will then be trying to organize more parties because that's how those things work. I have to share this with you. I found a little training PDF for people that want to host Tupperware bridal shower parties. And there are some scripts in it. There is an instruction here to say that you should encourage all of the attendees of the party to pull their money and buy the bride a gift. Fine. And then they say, when you're doing the gift presentation, you should write the dollar or pound value of the bride's gift on the top of the order form, you should roll the catalogue up and like a diploma, they're saying, and tie it with a special ribbon. And here's the quote, and they're using the name Karen here. Karen, your friends really love you. There can be little doubt. They have paid for your order. All you have to do is pick it out. Bleh, gross. Look, Layla, here's my thoughts. I feel like this is wrong. I feel like your friend is being opportunistic and trying to make money out of something that she shouldn't be. It's her business. She can run her Tupperware business in any other time that she likes. I am the first one to support entrepreneurial endeavors, especially with chicks running businesses. And I know it's hard if you're a mum and you're trying to do things from home. These businesses can be really good for some people. They're at the top of the pyramid. But this is not her time to be running a business. This is your wedding and your bridal shower and your kitchen too. So she needs to back off. And you need to be able to say, hey, lovely friend, I think you're wonderful, but I don't really think Tupperware is my thing. So we're just going to have our kitchen tea at home and maybe have an afternoon tea. And if you want to leave a couple of brochures around, even actually that, even that's bordering on not good. Just say, I don't feel comfortable with it, but we can do it another time. And then never do it because they just want your money. Just my thoughts. And to be honest, doing a kitchen tea at home, it's a bit old school. Maybe go and have a lovely high tea at a hotel somewhere. That's a really nice way to have a bridal shower. And also, people don't have to buy you stuff. You all just go and have your scones and your tea and your cakes and have a lovely time and a glass of champs and have a lovely time and move on with your lives. So thank you so much to all the contributors today. Shell, I really hope you check out those websites that I recommended. I know you can get that dress don't go the China option. I feel really strongly about that one. And also, Layla, I'm sure your best friend is gorgeous and lovely, but sometimes friends can be idiots. And I'm not saying she's an idiot, but I'm just saying perhaps she needs to think before she acts. It is a veritable smorgasbord of topics coming up on the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. I have something for everyone. Are you planning a Jewish wedding or a Jewish wedding, as some would say? Perhaps you're not fully Jewish. I don't know. I don't know your personal situation, but Karen Cinnamon who runs the very popular Smashing the Glass blog, which is all about creating multicultural and Jewish weddings especially, is coming on to school me and also correct my inappropriate generalizations about Jewish weddings. And Judaism in general, because most of my information uh, on the topic comes from television, Seinfeld and movies. So that's where I'm at. London Bride Charlie Beard will be coming back on the show to talk all about expectations. Expectations that are always attached to events like weddings and New Year's. Can you remember when you last had an excellent New Year's Eve? For me, I would say probably never. My expectations of New Year's Eve always 
far exceeds the actual evening and we want to make sure that that doesn't happen with your wedding day. So Charlie, as a wedding planner, sees lots of crazy expectations. So we talk about trying to settle them down and make sure you can have the best day without all the craziness. Now, lastly, clearly you are listening to a podcast, so you know what a podcast is, but I've been finding that a lot of my audience, potential listeners, have never heard of a podcast or have never gone to the icon on their iPhone or on their Android app and downloaded a podcast. So I beg of you, if you know someone that would just love to listen to a wedding planning podcast on their way to work or at at work. I'm not questioning that. You can do that at work. Just say it's a business podcast. No one will ever know. I would love you to share it with someone that's engaged or has an interest in this area. The more I can spread it, the more it helps me. I do this out of love and it is such a pleasure to be able to spend my time with you and I just love more people to hear it. So thank you again in advance for sharing and uh, may the gods of podcasting bless you. Until next week, happy days. You're listening to Save the Date, the number one podcast about all things wedding-y.